Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Hi, we're Visible, the wireless company with nothing to hide. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not into you. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. I think we're live. We should be live as we're getting ready for UFC London, which goes down tomorrow afternoon at the O2 Arena. I see people jumping in, so we are live. So if you're on the East Coast, some early morning preview show action. We are live. We don't have the bells and whistles because Casey lied in. This is weigh-in day for our man Casey. He's getting ready to fight tomorrow, getting ready to to beat some Tukas and improve his amateur record to 1-0 with a, a devastating finish. But before that happens, the UFC will be back in action in London. So this is the live UFC London preview show here on MMAfighting.com. I am Mike Keck. We got the Prince of Positivity, A.K. Lee. And in London right now, rocking the Wu-Tang shirt is Mr. Jose Youngs. What's going on, my man? How is, uh, how, how is London this time of year? London's cool, man. Like if you, but, but I, like I said, uh, so a lot of people that was like, if you've been to Boston, you've probably like you've been to London in terms of like how the city feels and looks. All the roads are super narrow, cobblestones, like tall, super old uh, historic buildings. So uh, everything is super spread out. It's not very easy to get around unless you're using the train. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, no complaints. Driving on the other side of the road is a little weird. Threw me threw me for a loop. Uh, but the only thing that's really affected me is my severe lack of sleep due to this jet lag, averaging a solid two hours a night. But that seems to be the trend of all the media here from stateside. We're all just sitting there just like, I'm so tired. And all the UK media are like, I don't want to hear it. We, this is how our pay-per-view nights are all of the time. Our, our pay-per-views end at 3 in the morning. They, or they start at like 2 in the morning for us. So I don't want to hear it. I'm like, yeah, all right. Calm down. I'm just tired. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, Jose is in London. He's far away. So the Wi-Fi could be a little choppy. Um, mm-hmm. So we're, we're just going to battle through at the end of the day. So... We got a big heavyweight main event, a, a pivotal matchup. We got Alexander Volkov, the wily veteran, looking to get a step close to a title shot. And in his way is a guy that a lot of people are excited about in this division. And Tom Aspinall getting a hometown fight, getting a hometown main event. Big opportunity. Sort of a fight AK that he didn't really ask for. This is a, a guy who said he wanted a slow roll. He wanted to just go up the rankings one spot at a time. And here we are taking on the massive, gigantic Alexander Volkov with the chance to make a real dent in this division. So your thoughts on this matchup? Are you surprised the UFC went in this direction when he has said many times, I'm in no rush to get to a title fight? No, not surprised at all. I mean, um, it's like you said, Aspinall wasn't uh, calling for a top 10 guy necessarily. Volkov certainly wasn't calling for uh, an up-and-comer, someone who was going to, you know, who could come take his spot. But I think after the way both uh, guys' careers have been going, 
this was this was a pretty predictable um, outcome. I, I think this was something on on our matchmaking show, Mike. On to the next one. A lot of our listeners thought that this could be the next fight for Tom Aspinall. Uh, it just makes sense, you know. Volkov's certainly not someone who I would rule out of being uh, in the title picture, and a win over Aspinall keeps him in there. It is. A, I'm, I'm sure if you're Volkov, you'd want you know a Derek Lewis rematch, preferably something like that. But I just don't know. You know, we've never. It's never felt like the UFC is is particularly like thrilled about wanting to put that fight together again it's also one that they could do further down the road uh right now they want aspinall obviously they wanted him to headline uh ufc london they wanted to give him a quality opponent and so uh so we end up with the with the alexander volkov fight so um there was certainly um uh it was originally supposed to be abdurahimov uh i think right he was going to fight him but um mm-hmm. uh, but it, and was that going to be oh but that wasn't going to be in the main event okay no. so so this this uh, this worked out uh, for Tom Aspinall as far as getting to headline in London, the first UFC card uh, in three years in in London. So in that case, it's a big deal, and uh, and the upside is very high for him. So I know he didn't want it, but I'm sure he's very much warmed up to the matchup, and uh, and it, it's not an unfavorable one for him either. I haven't looked at the odds. My guess would be Volkov is favored, though. I guess we can talk about that in a bit. Um, uh, Aspinall a slight favorite at minus okay. one twenty. So various, and I, I imagine that line could still move in between now and uh, and Saturday, but uh, but yeah, uh, like you said, not not a fight that necessarily he was calling for or that we saw coming a, a mile away. But I think after again their recent performances, we're like, yeah, this this is this is a logical matchup to make, and uh, and a logical headliner for for the London card. This has Jose some interesting vibes on it because if you look at it from a Jose Young's how do we like main events perspective. You would think that the co-main event might get the slot between Arnold mm-hmm. Allen and Dan Hooker, but mm-hmm. the UFC sees something clearly in Tom Aspinall because mm-hmm. they're putting him in the spot. They want him to get that hometown rub, and if he goes out there and has a great performance, he does what he's done in his last several fights and finishes guys early, the reaction he's going to get is going to be one of those star-making reactions. So your thoughts on this booking, this main event, and the biggest fight of Tom Aspinall's career gets a really tough opponent. It's cool, man. It's obviously like like Tom Aspinall is what this this whole card is built around. But I've actually chatted with Tom a lot, uh, just like like off camera, off record. We bumped into each other at the in the lobby and stuff. And he's like, I'm just ready to fight. I really, he really, really wanted to fight Volkov. Obviously, there was issues that maybe uh, Volkov maybe not might not be able to get in the country. We saw Marcin Tabur weigh in today. Uh, so he was, I guess, supposed supposed uh, apparently the backup. He's like, I don't want to fight Tabur. Nothing against him. I want to fight Volkov because he's the one. He's the name. He'll get me up the rankings. He's the one that's more known. He's a former champion in Bellator. Like I specifically want to fight Alexander Volkov. And Alex Volkov has fought pretty much everyone at heavyweight. Like if you look at his resume, he's pretty much fought some of the best of the best uh, across two divisions. So uh, I actually think this is a high-level martial arts competition. Like yeah, the co-main event is just bananas it's going to be like one of those insane fight of the night perform possibilities but i love like it checks the jose young's box for high level martial arts competition because i was also like dan 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 hooker bumped into us when we were talking we were all just kind of chatting real real like quickly and he's like and and tom's like you know what i hate getting asked right now oh how are you preparing for five rounds this and that i'm like well i don't know i've not made it out of the second round i'm just (laughs) often my i've never made it out of the second round so this is all new to me and dan's like you know what sucks fighting five rounds because you get through two rounds and you're like what i still have three rounds to go and tom, and tom asked like that's why i'm not that's why i don't want to ma- let this get through five rounds so tom's tom's in the right mindset he's not taking this like he's taking this seriously but he's not letting the seriousness 
like way on him. That's what I'm saying. Like he is treating this as this, this was, he was on the first prelim or the last. He's not, the weight is not pushing down on him. So uh, I think from this point, if he wins from this point on, I think it's main events, co-main events only from here on out. Like he's going to headline main events for fight nights. And then a pos- possibly if he fights for the title, he, he's going to main, main event that obviously because he's the heavyweight, but Tom wins. This is his coming out party to really be one of those premier guys that the UFC can slot in the top two fight, uh, spots of the card for the next foreseeable like few years. Again, no control over the, uh, the UK Wi-Fi, So just bear with us. So AK, this is an interesting matchup because you can make strong arguments that both guys need wins in different ways here. Like you can argue that, a loss doesn't really hurt Tom Aspinall as much as it would hurt Alexander Volkov right now because Aspinall is kind of just getting started, and this is the heavyweight division, so a loss doesn't set him back too far. But Volkov is kind of in that position, is, is in a, an interesting position where he kind of needs to win this one if he wants to stay you know, relevant in title contention in this heavyweight division. So do you agree with that? Do you think Volkov needs to win this fight more than Aspinall? Or do you think Aspinall needs this because of the location, because the card is essentially built around him? What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's that bad of a situation for Volkov. Uh, like I said, um, the, 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 that that Derek Lewis fight is still always there on the horizon. There's big fights ahead for him. So I think um, win or lose, I think the UFC, again, they view him as as a reliable uh, top 10 guy. I think they, they, you know, they really appreciate that. He kind of, you know, is, t- is willing to take on a guy like Aspinall who's coming up, who, again, he doesn't have a lot to gain by beating him as you kind of suggested more to lose than to gain. So that I agree with, but I, I don't think it like it, it completely, you know, nerfs his chances of, uh, of becoming, uh, of challenging for a UFC title someday. Still, he's relatively, I to say young, he's 33. He recently he turned 33 last year, but like at heavyweight, uh, that's still that's that is like young, that is like considered young. Um, he has a lot of fights, of course, a lot of experience, so he has a lot of actual like uh fight mileage. So in fight years, he's older, but he's it's weird. I, I just don't see him as someone who like you know the UFC is looking at him like, oh, well, this is his last chance to come to run to the top. I don't know. I, I could see him uh, again. He, he could fight to Ivasa someday. There's still fresh matches for him and fresh matchups that are in the top 10. Uh, there's rematch that could be that could be had too. So I don't think it's quite that bad. Does he need it more than Aspinall? Sure, I'll, I, I I would agree with that. But it, but I don't think it's a big gap because because like you said, Aspinall, if he loses, he's really got that demeanor that you get the sense he'd be he'd be disappointed, he'd be hurt. Of course, he, he you know would suck. He he everyone wants to win. Everyone wants he wants to stay undefeated in the UFC and keep this the streak going. But he would also be kind of like, well, I lost to to got more experienced, longtime contender. I learned. He'd bounce back. He'd bounce back pretty strong. One of those fighters, classic. Uh, I, I'm going to learn more from my defeats than I am from my victories, guys. So definitely, he doesn't. He doesn't need it as much. But I don't think the gap is that big. I don't. I don't think it's like it's do or die for Volkov or do or die for Aspinall. So that's that's kind of uh, what, what I like about this and what um, Jose kind of mentioned. Like that, this is just a really good, strong heavyweight contest um, that I think that I think we can enjoy without worrying about um, necessarily like the consequences of uh, of what it means for both fighters. It's a very good point. There are some stakes, but it's not like dire stakes. I mean, and just for Volkov, like I'm not saying like he'll never fight for a title again, but considering where, where this division sits right now with the champion on the shelf, and then we got possible interim title fight. We got Stipe and Ty and John Jones and some of these other guys, Cyril Gan still out there, you know, a loss here. I mean, it just makes the process a lot longer. So uh, what do you think about that, Jose? Do you agree with do you agree with AK that this is just kind of like there's stakes because there's stakes in every fight, but these aren't like dire big time stakes that 
a loss just completely cripples one of these fighters from a, a championship and a rankings perspective? Well, you completely broke up at the end of that. Uh, and I think I might have been frozen. You're, I mean, you're moving now. This is the best you've looked. Now you might be frozen. And now I can't hear AK. The quality improved, but the uh, the the the, the foot, it was it was too strong. The quality is too strong. Oh, <laughs> uh, you back, Jose? You're back, Jose. Am I back? Yeah, you're back. Weird. We can hear you. I didn't. Really, all right, cool. I didn't even really do anything. I just shifted my thing around. What was the question? I heard is there stakes, and then I kind of cut off. It was basically the same question I asked AK. Is it uh? I so mean, what is, is it nice to kind of sit back? It's not do or die, but is it? No. Do you feel like there aren't a lot of like there are stakes, but it's not dire for either guy? No, it's not dire for either guy, especially for the heavyweight division. I mean, we've seen how how many times has the UFC booked a heavyweight fight uh, that isn't even the best fight of the card as a headlining act for fight nights. Like Jairzinho versus what Augustus Tai headlined a card. Uh, Walt Harris is headlines cards. Uh, like Cyril Gon was headlining cards on his his up and up. It's weird that Ty Tuivasa hasn't really headlined a card since the JDS fight, if I remember correctly. Uh, but a loss isn't going to hurt either man. Volkov is always going to find a spot to fight, especially in Abu Dhabi with all of his fellow Russians. And Tom Aspinall is, what, not even 30? And if they keep going back to the UK, they're obviously going to need him in these high, high spots. Um, no, it will be. The loser of this is obviously detrimental to them for the for, in the present time because like no one wants an L uh, on their record but it's not like they're going to be banished into the out of the top 15 by any means betting lines like we said according to our friends at DraftKings Aspinall slight favorite minus 120 comeback on Alexander Volkov plus 100 all right AK time for your pick how does this night end who gets their hand raised oh, who's man. uh who's doing the post-fight interview after Oh man, I'm I'm going I'm going with the uh, with the up and comer. Um, no, no, people know me. I'm usually pretty conservative. Uh, I have been. I think our last couple of cards, I've I've gone with a lot of like Brazilian veterans to mi to mixed results. Some of the Brazilian veterans did pull it off and did fend off the uh, the fighters coming from the rankings. Some of them didn't. Some of them like uh, Edson Barbosa was uh, clearly outclassed by like a like a Bryce Mitchell. So I was way off on that one. But uh, this time I'll go I'll go with it with the up and comer. I just like uh, Tom Aspinall's game, and I like and I I think it's very true. What he said that like you know people see the big knockouts they did get to see him um, submit Arlovski so they saw some of the grappling he really is a well-rounded guy and some with a super strong grappling game and I think that's going to help him a lot with Volkov because to fight a guy like Volkov either you got to have that insane swanging and banging power like uh, like Derek Lewis and you know be able to pull off a knockout at any moment I don't know if Aspinall quite has that. But I think he's well-rounded, and I think you know because Volkov's—he's uh, a great striker, but also has has some wrestling as well. So you have you really have to be able to deal with that. And I think Aspinall can. I think he's going to surprise some people um, who are thinking that like he, he might be outclassed in some areas. I think he's more, a match for Volkov, and I think he has a slight power advantage, which is going to help him as well. So it's—I think it's going to go to a decision. I do think Aspinall's finish streak ends here. Uh, I know a lot of people probably the UFC included are hoping for, you know, a finish some somewhere in the first three rounds, but I think it, it's going to go the distance and I think it'd be a fun fight. I, um, maybe not like a fight of the year candidate, but again, uh, I know I've been against this lately, but uh, I think we'll see the mixing of the martial arts at a high level. Mm. And I think the crowd will be, will be happy with that. Uh, hopefully, unless they're expecting just an all out slugfest, which I don't think is what we're going to get. Is there a poll in there? AK I didn't even ask you. <laughs> is there, is there a poll in there? <laughs> 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 Is, is there a poll in there? Of course, there's a poll. 
Uh, it says, uh, what fight are you most excited for at UFC London? <laughs> and uh, Volkov Aspinall, Arnold Hooker, and Pimblet Vargas, and other, I left other. I, sh- I should have just put like Molly Buchan and uh, Luana Carolina, but there's a lot of, I think it's a, re- I actually think it's a pretty solid card. I know we're going to break it down more in a second, but um, so I went with those top three fights. I know people are talking about Pimblet a lot. So um, right now, Arnold versus Hooker leading at uh, pretty strong 48%. So a lot of people looking forward to that one. That is a great fight. We'll talk about that next. Jose, who wins the main event? I'm gonna pick Tom Aspinall, uh, but it's 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 I I was going I was pretty fifty fifty going back and forth because Volkov is just like Tom Aspinall says uses the phrase octagon time a lot, and that is not something you can overlook. Like yeah, we we're all impressed with Tom Aspinall not being able to go, well not not being able to well, still the phrase, but not getting past the second round. Alexander Volkov has fought like how many main events do five rounds how many three round fights like octagon time is legit uh but if you've watched what alexander volkov normally does he likes to keep his fights at the end of the stick you know like with that jab his arms are so long he basically fights so everyone wants Stefan Strube to fight he uses his reach spectacularly and just keeps you at it at range with kick side kicks jabs combinations doesn't do a lot of grappling honestly but he just whittles you away until like possibly overing shatters your nose and then you kind of succumb he whittles you down and then breaks you with his with his with volume tom aspinall has been training with rico verhoeven specifically for that to get to figure out how to get into that jab he's trained with tyson fury obviously one of like how tall is he six nine like one of the he uses his reach better than anyone in like the history of the heavyweight division in the last like 20 years so i think tom aspinall has is putting together in a, a game plan and this isn't anything he told me this is just what i've seen in like footage i've seen I think his team is putting together a game plan like to beat Volkov tomorrow in London, and I think that's going to come through. I think he's going to get a finish, but I think it's going to be in the third round or later. So I think his streak of inside the second round ends, but I still think he gets the finish because he's going to eventually get into that jab, and he's going to eventually do what you got to do. And he said something in the media day. He goes, I don't need to have just power to beat Volkov. I can beat him on the ground. I can grappling, and I can get inside and jab and beat him striking. I do have the power, too, but that's not what I need to rely on, like various other heavyweights. So I think, is Volkov a better fighter? Maybe, but I think Aspinall is putting together a game plan that is just tailor-made to fight a long-rangey guy. I think he's been doing that for a long time, and that's why he really wants to fight Alexander Volkov and not Marcin Tabura. Yeah, it's a it's a good matchup. Uh, I I I'm I don't really have much to add to what both of you said. I think this is sort of Aspinall's coming out party. The one thing I do worry about in this fight is that it's like Volkov gets his flow going, and if he does, this could be a really boring fight. Like it, it could end up being that way. Like not as slow as last week's main event, but we could see something very similar if if Aspinall can't get his game plan going. But I have a good feeling he will. I think the crowd will be behind him. I think that does a lot for him. And, you know, fighting in the apex is cool, but getting to fight in front of your home crowd and get all like, that energy, it's a whole different ball game. And I think like, that's just going to ramp him up. Like something I don't think enough has been talking about. I don't. This is Aspinall's first fight ever in the UFC in front of fans, correct? Like he's yep. only had apex fights and such, or fight island fights. So... Let's throw out the main event. Like, oh, cool, he's main eventing his first fight. It's in the O2. The fa- that place is going to be filled by the first fight of the night. And it's like we talk a lot about like line, like where fights are stacked in the like. Oh, is this fight too low? This fight too high? If you look at the layout of this card, it's perfect. The first fight is that flyweight fight, 
and that everyone's going to come to watch that and then every single fight just builds from there this is a perfectly built card is it the most stacked card it's good but if you go from one up one up one up one up one up they have laid this out perfectly but the ufc has that is yeah i i like this card a lot it's very comparable to last week's card in a lot of ways where there's some good matchups there's some good prospects that you would say have favorable matchups and can get their big moment and the you know the big response and the big pop from the crowd so we like that hi we're visible we're the wireless company with nothing to hide seriously hidden fees we don't have them annual contracts not our thing great wireless on just one line now that's more like it get unlimited 5g data powered by verizon for just 25 dollars a month taxes and fees included that's right 25 a month every month sorry hidden fees we're just not that into you sometimes the choice is just visible switch today at visible.com rate with service on the visible plan for additional terms and network management practices see visible.com support for this podcast comes from smart water life moves pretty fast are you drinking water that can keep up smart water alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated no matter where your day takes you whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea smart water alkaline can help you perform your best it delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Yeah, but let's talk about this co-main of NAK. We got Arnold Allen back for the first time since the Sodiq Yusuf fight. I know the UFC has seen a lot in him because they wanted to book him some really big fights later on in the year. Unfortunately, he had a hand, hand injury that kept him out. Until right about now, he's cleared and ready to go. And his first opponent in his return is the returning Dan Hooker to the featherweight division. After a long run at 155, some success, some struggles down the stretch, but looked good on the scale today. Waiting with the sunglasses on, good energy. This is going to be a hell of a fight, my man. Your thoughts on this co-main event between Arnold Allen and Dan Hooker, which, by the way, according to our friends at DraftKings, a total pick em, minus 110s for both Ooh. guys. Yeah, and I think that's understandable. I mean, look, Arnold Allen, it's I don't know if there's anyone who's on a win streak has his kind of win streak who's had his kind of start uh, start to his UFC career that has kind of had less buzz and that's not his fault. He there's been health problems so he hasn't been able to get in there. Um he's missing sort of a a big signature win. Gilbert Melendez should have been that, but I think Gilbert was probably being viewed as a little bit uh, past his, you know, his best before date, unfortunately, when, when that fight happened. And that was a nice win, too. Like, that was a really good win. Um, but uh, I don't know. It, it, it didn't quite vault Arnold Allen into, like, not household name, but that upper tier of, like, you know, UFC uh, notoriety. He's also uh, lacking finishes. Uh, now, that shouldn't matter. I, 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 I wish that that didn't matter. But when you're when you're only winning decisions again, this, it's just if you're the UFC, it's it's, it's hard for them to package you um, in a certain way and to market you. So it's weird. He's kind of got he's got a quirky personality, which I like. Uh, I think he's got a great look. So so you have the makings of someone who should be a star at featherweight. We do have him ranked, of course. He's uh, number where is he in our rankings? Number eleven, which sounds a bit weird for a guy. Again, he's eight and zero in the UFC. He's, he is eight. No, he's beaten uh, Sadiq Yusuf, I think, or he, Sadiq Yusuf. He's got some really good. Mads Brunel, who just main evented Bellator. Uh, yeah, sorry, Sadiq was his last win. Um, so he's beaten good veteran names. It's just, it's weird. It really feels like he's missing that signature moment. I don't know if you ask anyone, uh, m- most fans, I- I'm sure a lot of the media would have some, most fans, what is like the, the signature moment of his career so far in the UFC? Nothing like, 
I don't know. Nothing's jumping out. I could be way off base on this. I, I, I don't know, Jose. So that, that's, I know I only talked about the, the Allen aspect of it, but you have a better memory for these things than I do. So I don't know if I'm forgetting something about um, Arnold Allen that should be giving him more, more credit as far as where he, where he should be like fame wise. I think yeah, go ahead. it's what's hurting. Like he, we all like Arnold Allen's pers- personality. Like he is, like he's been on the MMA hour, obviously, and like we all have our Slack groups. Where like, oh, this guy is like his humor is so dry, and everyone likes him. Didn't have a great media day. I don't think that translates yeah. well. I don't think his like humor translates well when he's <laughs> when you're supposed on during fight week. Like I take saw that, advantage, yeah. take advantage of your mic time. Like get people interested. Like it's one thing to go on the MMA hour and talk about like like. Um, what do you call it? Like gas station showers and honking at sheep and everything like that. But when you're about to go fist fight someone named like, like Dan hooker, get people excited. Like if someone's like, Oh, what do you think about this fight? And he's just like, yeah, it's good. Like, come on, man. Like yeah, Arnold Allen is, so, he, he just seemed like uh, not annoyed, but like, I don't, I don't know what he, I don't know what, cause he's fought on big cards before he fought on like, he's fought Gilbert Melendez. That was the card with like, John Jones Santos, Mazudal Askren, like Jan and I'm mean, not Jan. Like he's fought on these big cards. And I so I don't know. I don't know what it is. And like apparently I was like, like if you watch the I saw a little snippet of they did one of those face offs that BT does where they have them both sit in a chair and then like the guy in the middle and they have them like talk to each other like boxing does. Remember Mazudal and Darren Till did that? And they they did that with Arnold Allen and um and Hooker and Arnold Allen's energy was just very low mm. in terms of like, like you could tell Dan would like knew what he was doing. He's like, and it, it felt like Dan was holding back because he didn't want to just like kind of not talk crap, but like hype up a fight against someone that's not overly interested in doing that. Cause then he would just look like a bully and it just looked like Arnold's like twitchy and didn't want to be there. Just weird energy. But Arnold is like, if, in terms of martial arts, Arnold Allen is so good. Just weird energy this week. Yeah, especially especially compared to how some of the others came off on media day, like yeah. obviously, like because you mentioned the quirky personality and kind of like um, that kind of dry humor. Tom Aspinall has the same kind of like dry humor a bit, but I thought his his media day was so good. I thought he came off like so intelligent, so engaging. Um, like I said, not not yeah, didn't have that disconnect like Arnold Allen had. And then you had like Molly McCann, of course, who's just hilarious and always lively and the best the best media day roasting you over the nandos i mean that's if anyone hasn't seen that clip please watch molly mccann roasting uh jose over the nandos which you volunteered for you were asking for you solicited advice for how to order this okay so going off of that everyone can go to my twitter and see i've rectified that twice oh molly mccann sat down with me in the lobby of the hotel and he goes lad this is what you need to order and like literally broke down what i needed i took that video of us went to nandos down the road me and Pizzi, a for, Pizza Carol, a former colleague, and I literally just like watched the video and just ordered what she said and then posted a video being like, is this, is this better, Molly? Is this what you wanted? <laughs> and she accepted my apology and said, we're good. You're doing better. So uh, all, the beef is squashed and I had my Nando's. I just want to read one of the comments. Uh, Bufo on the beat says, what stands out at Arnold Allen is that he's a decision machine, LOL. He's like plain microwaved oatmeal. Well, I don't know if I agree with that, but I, I, I just read that comment to sort of show, I think that is somewhat the public opinion uh, of Arnold Allen. If you haven't watched all his fights, again, if you're just kind of looking at his record, and like I said, even some of his fights, yeah, sure. All you see is a guy who's a very good fighter. He wins fights. Where is that? that next level spark but 
beating a guy like Dan Hooker, if he beats him in impressive fashion, maybe maybe, maybe it shuts me right up. And and this is uh, this is what we're talking. This is what we're looking for. But I don't know. I understand why there's um, why there's not uh, around him specifically. Why there isn't quite that that buzz every week yet. But hey, him and Hooker, forty one percent in the poll so far. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's the lack of finishes. I mean, he's so good. He's He's very Tim Duncan esque, like, where he's, he's very effective and he does everything yeah. like by the book. Sure. He's very uh, fundamentally sound, if you will, but but still very effective. But he just hasn't had like the Mads Brunel fight was the last time he's gotten to finish. And mm-hmm. the other thing is kind of the inactivity that he's had. Yep. Just, you know, 2019, I think he fought twice, but then he was out for like 14 or 15 months. And now he's out for almost a year again heading into this fight. Like just when he's starting to build that momentum something happens and we don't see him for a year and it kind of halts it. And that's how MMA is. This, this news cycle doesn't stop. You get that win over Sadiq Yusuf. You're on top of the world. Everyone's matchmaking all these crazy fights for you. The UFC is trying to put you in big spots, but then the injuries happen and you're out for a while and we don't get to see you because I know for a fact, they tried to made a book a main event between him and Calvin Cater for like November, December ish. They tried maybe even January. They, I mean, that was the fight the UFC wanted. They wanted Allen versus Cater main event. They, they, they were targeted November, December, January. He just couldn't get cleared with the hand injury. So Giga Chikadze stepped in, Cater got his big win. And, and here we are now, obviously Arnold has a, this is a, this is a very important fight for him. AK very important fight. It's probably the Gilbert Melendez is a name, but like you said, it's, it's one of those things where kind of like the passing of the torch kind of a fight. I feel like right now, like this is, this is a huge opportunity for him. You get Dan Hooker, a guy that most people know who who watch the sport or have watched the sport for the last couple of years. This is a massive opportunity for Arnold Allen, is it not? Like this is this is that signature fight. This is the one that can get you over that hump. It's huge. I still worry that if he gets an in another, like you said, another solid workmanlike Tim Duncan's, you know, San Antonio Spurs style win that he might not get the credit that he should be getting because people will say, oh, well, Hooker, you know, hey, he's 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 in a slump anyway. Um, you know, he's he's um, he, he wasn't exactly like like lighting a like a fire at lightweight before he made the decision to drop back down. Plus, he's coming back down to this weight class. Oh, maybe it's the you know, having to do the weight cut again, 10 extra pounds that took it out of him. I, I worry and I, I know I'm setting the stage for it now, so I'm probably part of the problem that this will become. Oh well, Dan Hooker didn't look great as opposed to Arnold Allen looked looked really good. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe it'll, maybe it'll be a little bit of both. Maybe it'll be like, well, Dan Hooker didn't look great, but Arnold Allen looked amazing. Maybe we get a fight of the year candidate. That would probably be a great outcome for Arnold Allen, win or lose. Frankly, um, if he was involved in like a three round war, I'm sure he'd prefer a again to get another uh, decision that maybe people aren't talking about. But like we said, he needs that that moment, and him going to war with Hooker in in London would just be amazing. I think I would think it would be amazing win or lose. So, you know, any kind of win is preferable, but close behind, close behind. I think a very, very competitive uh, fight is, 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 is ideal. Will that happen? I'm not sure. Again, I'm, I'm just kind of get, get, get my pick here. I'm definitely leaning towards a comfortable Allen decision and that's no disrespect to hooker. Um, I just think like it, he's just been fighting tough guys. I mean, I think hookers a really, really good fighter. I think he's short of the elite. I think Arnold Allen is an elite fighter at 145 pounds, uh, and he just isn't being recognized as that yet. I think, um, like, I think you could put Allen in there with anyone in the top seven, and I think he'd be very, very competitive uh, at 145 pounds. I don't know if I'd say the same for Hooker uh, just yet, but we'll see. He could be a new man. Uh, maybe this is the weight class he should have stuck at all along. But um, I'm just, I'm a little skeptical. 
Do you agree with that, Jose? Are you going with Arnold Allen, or do you think Dan Hooker can uh, can come back to this division and make a big statement and insert his name into uh, these discussions for big fights and moving up that ladder towards a title fight? Not only do I disagree, I think this is going to be one-way traffic for Dan Hooker. I just think Dan Hooker is a better striker all around than our Arnold Allen is very good. He's very, very talented at fist-fighting human beings. I just think the only thing that he ha- that he does better than Dan Hooker is he has not taken as much damage as Dan Hooker. So if Dan, if Dan Hooker's body like gives out on him, like because he's like the Edson Barboza fight, the Dustin Poirier fight, like getting knocked out by Michael Chandler, uh, getting submitted by Islam Makhachev, everyone I just named is like some of the greatest fighters of all time. I don't think Arnold Allen is at that level right now. He is so good, but I think the way he comes out hot. Like, he can blitz you, like, with those signature blitzes he has. That, you're going to blitz Dan Hooker? Like, that's not what you want to do. Dan Hooker will just plant a knee in your chin if you run on in him. So, I just think Dan Hooker has fought in supremely better competition than Arnold Allen. If they fought three years from now, Arnold Allen probably wins. But right now, I think, like, Dan Hooker also said, like, he wasn't, he didn't go up from featherweight because the weight cut was hard. He went up because like there were other things going on in his life and his coaches wanted him to go. So he went up and he found success and he stayed there. But in the back of his mind, he always wanted to go back down. He said the weight cut is not hard and it's not the reason he left. He's six feet. Who else? Like he's the same height as Giga and Giga's making 145 pretty easily. So I don't, I think the weight cut is not going to be an issue. He's fought in five rounds with freaking Dustin Poirier. So I just think right now, Dan Hooker gets it done. And I think it's going to be uh I think it's going to be one-way traffic for Dan Hooker, and then we're going to have a new, uh, fun, exciting, like, freaking Dan Hooker, Giga Shikadze, Dan Hooker, Calvin Cater, Dan Hooker, like, Korean Zombie, Dan Ige, Josh Emmett, like, sign me up. And then I think eventually, if they keep on the way, we're going to have to have that conversation of Dan Hooker fighting a teammate, which would be a probably a big problem for the city kickboxing place. Wow, I didn't expect that answer. Um, I'm kind of in the middle of you two guys. I think... Uh... I think we're going to get a typical Arnold Allen type of performance where he's going to get a nice, he'll get a nice ovation for the victory, but I think it's just going to be, yeah, it's going to be a, this is going to be more of a John Stockton performance where it's just, it's just super solid. Like it's just, it's just just uh, fun. Just your, so basically Arnold Allen is like, the featherweight British version of Neil Magny at this point just gets <laughs> it done and wins and just wins and wins and wins. And Arnold Allen is so good. And Neil Magny is so good. But I just think eventually you get to those like uber violent fighters and you need like, how would I put this? Like being technically great will get you so far in the UFC, but eventually you fight someone that is just a monster, like someone that will die in there. And you, maybe Arnold Allen has that. We just don't know. And I really do think having like crazy willpower to like fight through a broken nose or like a shattered knee is something you need in the UFC. And maybe Arnold Allen has that. You just haven't, we haven't seen it. Um, And that's not his fault. He's just winning pretty comfortably. So I could be completely wrong. I just think I've seen more to sway me into picking Dan Hooker pretty easily in this one. Yeah. I I mean, I I think if, if Allen goes out there and just tries to brawl with Dan, it's not going to be a bad night. It's it's a bad night for him, but I, I maybe, maybe the crowd will like entice him to do that, but I just don't, I don't see it. I, I, what I'm intrigued by is the third round because I think, Mm -hmm. I think Dan's going to get off to a pretty good start. Allen, I think we'll, we'll kind of figure it out in the second round, but both guys have shown that they can fade a little bit down the stretch 
And if Allen can wrestle, if Allen can grapple, if Allen can start landing some takedowns, it could be a tough night for Dan Hooker. So interesting matchup. I, I, I can't wait to see it. I have a million questions about it, and that's why it's so good. Co-main event is going to lead into this main event. I, I'm, I'm intrigued by it. I'm going to go Arnold Allen by a close decision, but I think it's I think it's a pretty competitive fight. I do. I think it'll be a. I think Allen just does enough down the stretch to win, but I think this is going to be one of those fights where Dan Hooker, yeah, it's going to suck to have another L on the record, but I don't think his stock's going to drop too much from this one. And I think some of those exciting fights that Jose mentioned are would still be on the table. So. That is the co-main event. I mean, there's a lot of really good fights. Patty Pimblett, Rodrigo Vargas. I mean, Pimblett's a massive favorite. All good. Uh, is he the biggest? Is he the biggest favorite on the card, or would that be? He has I to be. I believe he has is to, the right? biggest favorite on the card. Yes, Gunnar Nelson is the second biggest favorite, sure. tied with Ilya Teporia, both at minus five fifty. Yeah. Uh, but Patty Pimblett is a minus six hundred against Rodrigo Vargas. Uh, so. I mean the entrance. If by the way, if if, ES, if the UFC doesn't show Patty Pimblett's entrance, entrance, then there is something terribly wrong. Like enough is enough. We need to see this. Uh, Gunnar Nelson is back against Takashi Sato, Molly McCann versus Luana Carolina, Jai Herbert versus Ilya Tuporia. Uh, that rounds up the main card, and then like a really solid slate of prelims. Uh, Muhammad Wahaya versus Cody Durden is the first yeah. fight of the card, which is mm. which is super. A really good fight. A little bit of heat on this one between these two guys. A lot of talk back and forth on social media. And Muhammad Mahaya, from all accounts, I mean, if you watch just his amateur fights, his world championship fights in the amateur scene, seeing what he's done as, as a professional, just running through guys, a serious problem at 125. So I'm excited to see how that translates into the octagon against Cody Durden. This is this is all on ESPN Plus, right? Yes. And you guys still get commercials on ESPN Plus? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's horrible. Not only do we get commercials, we get like the same three. <laughs> Every time. I mean, we have commercials, but we have it on free. It's on cable. Like we have it on TSN up here in Canada. So I, I understand why we have commercials. You guys shouldn't, Listen, get, you shouldn't get commercials. You get, free, you get free healthcare. You don't get commercials. You go to Tim Hortons. No, we get commercials. What else do you want to brag about? We get I, commercials. We're just not paying for a, uh, we don't have to pay for a subscription yeah, well, service and get commercials. That's bizarre. That's just yeah, well, horrible. America, America has the Stanley Cup, which is all that really matters. Uh, and, uh, and has had it for a long time. <laughs> I know. I ate again, AK. I didn't hear that. I said it has had it for a long time. <laughs> Tampa yeah. Bay. Who knew Tampa Bay would become the... The epicenter of hockey someday. Oh my god! Epicenter of sports, honestly, god, it makes no sense. Don't get me started. Um, yeah, I've seen the Michael Chiesa, Justin Gaethje commercial seven thousand times, <laughs> and that's not an exaggeration. I've seen that commercial seven thousand times because of ESPN Plus, and that was for for a year straight. That was a commercial on every spot set, every spot set. Every time they went to break, that commercial was in the set every single time. I've seen it seven thousand times. Uh, so I'm glad to see, and I, I, it's a fun commercial. Don't get me wrong, but I'm glad we're moving on. So introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship icon of the seas, the ultimate family vacation, the ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation, the ultimate never done that. Can't wait to do it. Vacation, the ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week. Vacation. This is the icon of vacations, icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A -a one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. 
Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, real quick before you go to the peeps, get your questions ready. Uh, let me just address this one real quick. No new opponent for Nathaniel Wood. No new opponent for Nathaniel Wood. Uh, Vince Morales, if you didn't know, uh, was sick on the trip over. As soon as he got off the plane, he spiked a fever, couldn't kick it, and he wanted to go. He wanted to start cutting weight. He still wanted to fight, but he wasn't cleared. Uh, so that fight is off. I Early on, I was getting I, – I confirmed that the UFC was trying to find somebody. Like They could find somebody like immediately. They might have been able to make it happen, but that lasted – maybe an hour and at that point the ufc made the decision to just rebook this one down the road so tough for nathaniel wood i know how much this one meant to him how how badly he wanted to fight on this card he had already lost another opponent uh because the opponent is from ukraine and decided i'm gonna go fight for my country so i'm not gonna fight in the octagon which kudos to that guy um but yeah tough tough one for nathaniel wood but before you go to the peeps jose low-key banger what do you got uh, it's weird that no one's mentioned Paul Craig versus Nikita Krylov. Someone's going to bed in that fight. Like, how many they have? What like thirty something, forty something wins between them, and one's gone to a decision, maybe two. And I'm pretty sure it's the one that AK was like, "There's no way Johnny Walker and Nikita Krylov goes to the decision." And then that's exactly what happens. And I always have to, I have to bring that up once a preview. Uh, I believe so. I also said that for Krylov and uh, Gover Teixeira, or or it was that one instead of the Johnny Walker one. I'm not sure. I, I think it was or both. I think I, both. I, I think I'm pretty sure both. Regardless, yeah, same thing. <laughs> and but, they both uh, went to yeah. decision. <laughs> I think that I think that that's the fight. I mean. Uh, Krylov is obviously ties to the Ukraine, and Paul Craig gave him all the the shout that he could. I think it's going to be that fight. I, and Paul Craig is really, really excited to fight Nikita Krylov to like show off his MMA grappling and this and that and striking and everything. I think that fight is pretty fantastic, and not enough people are talking about it. That is a great fight. That is a great answer. It is not the correct answer. AK, I have a feeling you're going to give us the correct answer. What's the low key banger? This is a really good card. Do I have to pick this one? This is a really good card. I'm, I mean, I'm super excited about. You mentioned the Mokayev Durden fight. I mean, I have kind of my own reasons for it. Obviously, uh, I'm excited for about Mokayev as a prospect. I thought he had a good media day as well. Uh, I did. enjoyed that. Yeah, just the intrigue of a guy who has who has fought so much, uh, has such extensive amateur experience. You don't really see that in MMA. MMA is not like boxing where you fight like whatever like 100 amateur fights like it's rare you see guys enter and fight with even like 10 amateur fights right it's like maybe four or five and then if you have success you're, you're going pro right i mean you just go um Mikhaev has like 30 something like had like some like 30 amateur fights he's undefeated um i'm sure some of them are undocumented too and then uh he's had and, and he fought for brave so he was already fighting a high level before the ufc uh he's 21 years old that's crazy this guy's 21 years old uh, now durden's the right opponent there's there's heat there i admit i'm i'm I, I will admit uh, bias here. I'm going to be a member of the media. I shouldn't be biased, but I did like Mokayev stepping up after uh, I was the victim of uh, I and other Asians were the victim of a drive-by racism from <laughs> from Cody Durden at the last card. Uh, so you know, there's some there's some personal investment here, but really just on paper. Even if you guys don't care about that stuff, this is a good fight. This is a really good fight, uh, and and a very big test for Mokayev. I like I'm I think he's going to kill you know crush Cody Durden, but Cody Durden's pretty tough. So. Um, I, I see the odds heavily in favor of Makaya, but when it's your first UFC fight and you're such a young guy, 
there's just a lot of things to consider. So uh, should be a showcase. Great way to start off the uh, the preliminary portion of the card. Um, and uh, could be a guy who's a future contender at, uh, at 125 pounds. So I really like that one. That is also a really good answer, but also the wrong answer. I, I, know I thought for sure you are going to say, it's Jack Short, Team Arvalia. Yeah, that is way. absolutely the pick. Come on. That is, but, and I have to say, there, fights being slept on and fighters being slept on, I think Jack Shore might be the most slept on fighter on this entire card. Everyone thinks that Timor is just going to go out there and, and roll him. I don't get it. I don't understand that. I think this is brilliant matchmaking. This is exactly the fight you want to book. And if it, it it's it's just interesting matchmaking. Jack Shore, like we've been waiting to see, like is he a top fifteen guy? And I feel like he should he he should have been fighting ranked guys like two fights ago. Now he gets Timur Valiev, who's super solid. I still think the Hyoni Barcelos fight was was a little sus. I scored that one a draw, but in the end, this is great matchmaking. We're gonna see just how good Jack Shore really is, and I feel like. He's being slept on in a big way. Some money is coming in on Jack Short now. Timor Valley is still the slight favorite at minus 120. Jack Short plus 100, according to DraftKings. But God, that is such a good fight. If, if, if he wins, he'll be tied for the second longest streak at 135 pounds. You see, he'll be tied with TJ Dillashaw. It'll be five five straight uh, behind only uh, Aljamain and uh, Marab at six. So that's Actually, pretty crazy. The only thing I'll say on that fight is Jack Short. I don't think you could tell through the screen. Jack Shore did not look good on that scale. Like, I looks like he had cut a crazy amount of weight the night before. I can't wait for that fight, but we'll see what happens. Uh, let's go to some some questions here. Uh, Jay Gabriel, even though he isn't signed by the UFC, would you guys would have liked to see Iliot Sporia's brother against Nathaniel Wood? So, if you saw on social media, uh, once the news came out from that this fight was scratched, that Vince Morales wasn't going to be able to fight. First round management, Malki Kawa actually put it out on Twitter that Ilya Taporia's older brother was going to was, was there. He had medicals done. He could have stepped in and, and fought Nathaniel Wood. Uh, he just fought March 12th, got a win. He's four and one. Uh, I think he's got two straight wins now. So they thought, what? Well, why not just slide him in there just, just to give Nathaniel Wood a fight? That didn't happen. Are you okay with this? Like, it sucks for Nathaniel Wood to not get his moment, AK, but. I don't know, like a couple days notice after preparing for a certain guy and then having to prepare for another guy on short notice to have it switched up with a guy you like probably haven't seen at all. Like Tapology didn't even have his recent win on their, like on his list of fights. Like that's just kind of un- how unknown he is at this point. So I don't really blame Nathaniel Wood. I mean, other than that, I just didn't know w- what other options there could have been for him. Yeah, I don't. I don't think this. I'm sorry. I'm not familiar. I'm, I'm looking at the, the topology as well now. I'm not super familiar with Alex Alexandra T- uh, Toporia. Um, no, I don't think they should have done this. I know. Yeah, if just to keep Nathaniel Wood in the card, sure. Uh, I assume they would have had to change it to a catch weight. I, I'm just looking mm-hmm. here. It doesn't look like Toporia, his brother, and uh, Alexandra Toporia, has fought lower than 139 pounds and catch weight on there. His opponents also are. Uh, the last guy he fought was one and nine. The guy before that, seven, eighteen, and one. So, yeah, look, we've we've seen worse things happen. Um, what was the guy? Martin Martin Sano uh, stepped in to fight. Um, who did he fight? Uh, 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 Semi the Jedi, Semmelsberger, and that shouldn't have happened either. So, uh, people they do these things. I I just hope they can get a, get another fight for um, for Nathaniel Woods soon. I don't think you do. Of course, London. You want to find London. That'd be such a cool environment uh, to compete in, but. I don't think you need to be throwing guys like um, Taporia's brother into the into the fire like that. Uh, so I'm fine with that that not being put together. 
All right, next question, Chandler Walker. I mean, we got to talk about Patty Pimblett because he's created a lot of buzz for this card, not only for the name, but him and Ilya Teporia got after it, and that created a lot of headlines. So Israel Adesanya, Jose, came out and did his preview of the card and said that, you know, he likes what Patty's doing. He's talking a smack, but he's backing it up. And then his co-host played this clip of Patty saying, I like Israel, but... You know, I just don't like the dances he does when he comes out to these fights. And Izzy's like, I dare him to try to do that. And then he went out and said, Patty's getting fed a bum. He's getting fed a bum in, in Rodrigo Vargas. So if Patty goes out there and wins and he's heavily favored to do so in an exciting fashion, like how high of a step do we take him or do we just uh, slow roll him and put him in nah. exciting opportunities? Nah, if he wins here, just shoot that man straight. Put the rocket on him. Because, like, we all talk about, like, the thing that was missing in this pandemic era is when you get that, like, Dan, Darren Till winning in Liverpool, Connor winning in Dublin, uh, Israel Adesanya winning in, like, that part of the world against Robert Whitaker. Um, you need those fighters winning. You need the image of them winning and the crowd going bananas around them. Like, like make no mistake. This week has been the Penny Pimblet show. Like, like everyone, our numbers show it. The fan interest shows it. I brought this up immediately. When I landed, uh, I had to catch a cab uh, to uh, my hotel. It was like an hour away, so I had like a lot of time to fill. And the, the, my cab driver was like, what are you doing in the UK? I was like, oh, here to cover the UFC. Old man goes, don't don't care for the UFC. It's not my thing. Tell me about Patty the Batty. I know who he is. So that should tell you, like, this is the Patty the Batty weekend. Um, if he wins, which he should, I give him someone like a veteran name that is probably on the on the way out soon. Uh, I, I just kind of giggled because I saw AK. Don't worry about it. I don't want to acknowledge it. WWE wrestler Billy Kidman. I don't want to acknowledge this troll. It's troll in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't need to acknowledge that. Uh, really well done. Really well done. I would. Out. I I want to say, if Patty wins. I don't know if it happens, but I want to see him fight someone like winner of Cowboy Lowe's on. Oh wow! Yeah, actually, I don't mind that. That's actually was, not bad. When you were saying like jump him up a lot, I was kind of, like I was kind of ready to retort like I, I I'm you know I, people, I'm not I'm, saying yeah. top fifteen because right. lightweight lightweight like don't get like Gamrot yeah. it's like fourteen yeah. like but name wise you're saying like name name wise yeah I would give him someone like Cowboy or Lozon or like if like, like obviously like if Jeremy Stevens or like Diego Sanchez was here like something like that like give him a better name. I remember people in our, our matchmaking show were saying like Jim Miller after the first win. I'm sure. like, I don't think that's gonna. Why not? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that's gonna happen. But it certainly, it would fit the bill of the kind of guys that Jim Miller himself has been fighting lately. And Jim Miller, of course, would like that because I mean, what what? Uh, how much hype would there be hey, on that? That could. Why not? What like in a couple of years, Patty Jim Miller UFC 300. Wouldn't hate it if Patty keeps winning. God, that's so far down the road though. <laughs> MMA it goes quick. Will, will any of us even be here? <laughs> just stay. We'll here. If you're Patty Pimblett and his team, you know, take Jose's advice, take that kind of a step up, but just do yourself a favor. Stay away from Ilya Teporia. Stay far away from that man. Do not fight him. Do not fight that guy. I don't care what the offer is. Do not fight Ilya Teporia. Well, that is a bad night for you. Ilya Tapora has his hands full of Jai Herbert. Jai Herbert has fought like his first three fights have been like, like 
unranked guys, but like some of the best unranked guys in the UFC has. He has not had an easy fight. He's also very tall. If, if you watch his media day, he was about, he's like, you guys are wasting a lot of energy on each other. Like, I'm going to mess this dude up anyway. So uh, I think Lee Poor has his hands full of a very tall, confident Jai Herbert on Saturday. Yeah, it's and a really also, good like, fight. His, his, MMA, his MMA hour appearance, all he does is talk about Patty. I'm like, bro, you have to fight Jai Herbert. Like, let's focus on that. He's he's very good at fighting. Yeah, it's a good fight. Do we have any more questions? Fire him off. Well, I was saying, yeah, like, Guram, Guram Latse, maybe a, a Taporia uh, proxy. No, uh, maybe. Just I want. I really. Well, maybe because for for a while, I I was really into like keeping them apart because at one point I wanted Darren and Hamzat to fight, and then I mm. wanted the co-main event to be padding Guram, like the two liver Pudlians versus. Uh, you know, because uh, Hamza and Guram are teammates, so that's what I wanted at one point. But uh, Guram's obviously keeps getting hurt. He's a, he hasn't fought since he beat Gamera, and that win is just aged beautifully. So maybe down the road. I know there's a lot of. Uh, I know Terrence McKinney wanted the the Patty Pimblet fight. So. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, that's, I like it. At this point, I actually don't mind it. I, I don't mind that fight right now. But I mean, because I just I I think. Even if, like, win or lose for Terrence, I don't think it really affects him that much. Um, I think people just got to watch him fight regardless. So I don't think he's one of those guys who I think, you know, could kind of like a Derek Lewis where, like, anytime you see him fight against anybody, you're just going to be excited for it. And Patty's probably going to be in a similar sense. But uh, let's see. Last question, Terrence Leverett. Jose, when Molly wins and she does the post-fight interview, can you give her a DJ Airhorn salute? Do you remember you guys? Uh, so Terrence is clearly a, a fan of our the the, Ace, the former show, the A side. You guys remember that episode? Oh yeah. She was she would constantly want to keep bringing up the internet and just go bah, 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 and do like a <laughs> finger gun. So yeah, if I have it, why not? There you go. All right, so Jose's gonna take off. We're gonna wrap this thing up here. Some some early morning uh, preview show action. It's my fault. We were actually supposed to start like ten minutes prior, but it's my fault because I can't read for some reason. I thought <laughs> we we're gonna go at noon Eastern, but. It, you know, I forgot we're in London and I just, again, can't read. So we started a little bit late. You, all you crazies, the day after St. Patrick's Day, coming on oh here God. at 9 a.m. Eastern time and, and watching this feed. You you are the real MVPs. Tomorrow we'll be back at 12.30 p.m. Eastern time for the People's Pre-Fight Show. I believe it's just myself and Jed Mishu. Uh 12.30 Eastern. Prelims start at 1, no, no, 1, no, 1 p.m. Eastern for the People's Pre-Fight Show. Three of them start at 1.30 now that we lost one fight. But the main card starts at 4 p.m. Eastern. And then Jed and I will probably go on Twitter spaces and, and do some stuff there as well. Casey Lydon's fight is coming up tomorrow. So a lot going on there. We'll, we'll, we will keep you posted on where, how we can watch this fight and provide updates for you. I don't know if we have any answers to that yet. But if we don't, we will let you know soon. Uh, but you can watch Casey's uh, Walking the Walk Part 1 video on MMAfighting.com. Sort of his journey to get to this point. And then he's going to get in there and freaking fight tomorrow. So, so much respect for that guy. So proud of Casey, uh, of Casey Lydon. And then uh, we got ceremonial weigh-ins coming up as well. So look for clips and video of the ceremonial weigh-ins for UFC London coming up on MMA Fighting's YouTube channel and on MMAfighting.com. So with that being said, I am Mike. That is Jose. That is AK. Thanks for watching. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you later on. Media Podcast Network. 
Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com.